action, nothing was ever going to be the same. Danger. If I slip up or if I turn my eye for just one second, someone could get the drop on me. Adventure. The Amazon River, they have a version of everything in North America except bigger and scarier. You're listening to Sea Story. Bonus episode, Splashdown. My name is Wes Chesser. I'm from Arlington, Virginia, and I'm a retired Navy frogman. And this is my sea story. On July 24, 1969, the Apollo 11 crew landed in the Pacific with a team of other highly trained Navy frogmen known today as Navy SEALs. I was there in the water. I assisted in the retrieval of Neil and crew from those waters to bring them safely aboard the USS Hornet. That day, I had the privilege of rescuing these history-making Apollo 11 heroes. The splashdown marked the completion of their mission and a profound victory for America and even the entire viewing world. But I remember it differently. I have to go back and, and talk about the decade of the 60s. John Kennedy expressed the desire to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. When this all started, I was still in high school. I watched the frogmen install collars on those subsequent missions. We tried to see every mission on TV. I watched them go in the water and I thought, that is so cool. I'd love to do that. Never having the slightest inkling that I would someday be involved with that. My father, who was retired Navy, encouraged me to go to officer candidate school to get a commission. From college, I went to officer candidate school, received my commission. My father actually swore me into the Navy. When I went to underwater demolition team training, all I wanted to do was something different, something that was challenging. We did several deployments to Vietnam. And after one deployment, my operations officer came to me, said, we've been assigned the Apollo recovery for Apollo 6. He said, do you want to do it? I said, I guess so. That was an unmanned shot. Of course, NASA was working out the kinks in the program and preparing for the eventual moon landing. Following that, I went back to Vietnam and then returned. At that time, Apollo 10 was being launched. Apollo 10 was the precursor to 11 and they were the dry run for the moon landing. Since I had experience, I was a shoe-in for being a swimmer on the Apollo 10 recovery. The Apollo 10 mission was picture perfect. As it was burning through the atmosphere, we could see the fire trail. It looked like a comet coming through the atmosphere. And we were so close in the helicopters that we could actually fly around the spacecraft as it descended on its parachutes spacecraft splashed down on site within view of the aircraft carrier. 
There was no quarantine procedures. Everything was just right there in the water, and when they splashed down, we, we could uh, shake the hands of the astronauts and talk to them, and it was an absolutely beautiful day in contrast to Apollo 11, which was a stormy day. That was in May of 1969. On the heels of Apollo 10 recovery, the Apollo 11 mission was coming up in July. The whole country was excited about the space mission. The whole world was. And uh, the United States was in competition with Russia to get the first man on the moon. And NASA was working feverishly to get things going. I'll tell you, we practiced so much that we almost didn't think about how eventful these episodes were. The Apollo 11 mission was quite different, mainly because of the storm and the decontamination procedures. Apollo 11, this is the launch operations manager. The launch team wishes you good luck and Godspeed. We were in the Pacific. We had been on site, on station, waiting for the splashdown of Apollo 11. And in that time, we had been rehearsing with the boilerplate that NASA had given us to practice on. We did day rehearsals, night rehearsals, good weather rehearsals, bad weather rehearsals. We were well rehearsed. When the time came for them to re-enter the atmosphere and splash down, it was decided that the weather at the original splashdown site was just too rough. So they moved splash down about 250 miles away from the original site. We were steaming on the Hornet through the night just trying to get there. The swim teams were on the helicopters racing toward the splash down site. Apollo 11 Houston and the blind has a visual contact. By the time we got there, Apollo 11, the spacecraft, had splashed down. The heat on the heat shield of that spacecraft was intense, and we had to be careful about how we came in contact with that. And to believe that all that fire and heat didn't destroy the astronauts was mind-boggling. There were some sharp edges where wires from the spacecraft were burned coming through the atmosphere. So we had to be careful of those. The spacecraft splashed down and had turned into stable two condition, which is upside down. That had to be righted with special inflation bladders on the spacecraft. Once the spacecraft was righted, then we went in the water. First swimmer jumped in and put on the sea anchor, which slows the progress of the spacecraft in the water due to wind. 
Once that's attached, two of us jumped in the water from the helicopter and attached a collar to stabilize the spacecraft and gave us something to stand on as we were working. And then two special rafts were attached to the collar. Now this was quite a process. In previous Apollo missions, there was no concern about moon bugs that they could bring back. That became an issue and they decided that the astronauts had to be decontaminated upon return. So that required a decontamination swimmer, and he was trained in all the procedures for decontamination. The astronauts put on their special suits, they were decontaminated, and then the hatch to the spacecraft was closed. The astronauts were raised one at a time into the helicopter, and when all three had been raised, they went to the Hornet. During that day, President Nixon was arriving to greet the astronauts. The whole ceremony was probably about an hour and a half. The swimmers, we were still with the spacecraft, and we were chopped liver. We were waiting until all the festivities and celebrations were over so that the aircraft carrier could come and retrieve the spacecraft. Of course, the aircraft carrier came, lifted the spacecraft, and then we boarded the Hornet ourselves. Most people don't become famous. People tell me I'm famous, but I'm not. I'm <laughs> not at all. I look at my father, who was a World War II veteran, and he was one of those silently famous men, somebody who I looked up to tremendously. When I look at my life and look at the experiences of my life, all the varied experiences, I'm somewhat overwhelmed. And I say, how did I get there? How did I do that? There was no inkling that I would be involved in the space program. Looking back, you know, I was uh, really naive, I guess. For more stories like mine, subscribe to Sea Story today. Sea Story is brought to you by America's Navy. Learn more at Navy.com.